Hey everybody, I'm here with Bart Farrell, uh, a quote unquote community builder for the Data and Kubernetes uh, community. Bart, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate having you. Uh, now, a lot of people don't know what Docker Data and Kubernetes is. Uh, maybe you could just start with that and explain, you know, what what is this organization? Okay, well, first of all, thanks a lot for having me, Haas. Great to be here. And so the Data on Kubernetes community is a, an open space, an independent space where folks are free to come in and share stories, share use cases, share war stories, and learn from and learn from uh, other people that are that have stories to share and experiences regarding how to run stateful workloads on Kubernetes. And so there are lots of different angles behind that, whether we're talking about databases or operators or networking, um, all the different things, storage, of course, all the different things that can, can come into that space. So we have meetups every week, uh, fantastic people from all over the world talking about their experiences and helping people have like, we can say like a to-do list or like a method when they want to approach this, uh, this topic of writing stateful workloads on Kubernetes. And, and stateful workloads are hard in Kubernetes because it really wasn't originally designed for that, right? This is it. And this is, you know, this sort of, you know, can we shoehorn this in there for something that originally didn't have this in mind? What I've seen though is, is from talking to more and more people is that uh, people are like, you know what? I've, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this for a while and wondering, you know, when are we going to get to that point? You can talk about, you know, things being ephemeral, but, and then other people that even come in and say, you know, there's no such thing as stateless. Everything at some point is in some kind of a state that gets controversial. Um, but, but like I said, the more and more that I'm talking to people, uh, the more and more it does seem that there are use cases that it's not just a what if kind of thing. It's, you know, like I did it this way. Um, so I think what we're kind of trying to do is standardize and maybe codify some of these processes so that it is easier when the use case is right uh, so that people know how to do things. Yeah, and I think there's a huge demand right now. Everybody wants to run as much as they can on Kubernetes because That's everybody it. wants their own application stack. Every developer wants their own database. They want their own, you know, playground to play with. And, you know, you're talking thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of potential you know, uh, instances of applications that are out there running or microservices, it's just a lot of stuff. And, and wrangling that, you know, rodeo is really hard. Yeah. And I think that's really appealing to a lot of folks. Now, now, Bart, how did you get involved in this community? Like, like, where did you start? I mean, like, <laughs> Very like I mean, it, it's 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 kind of an interesting, you know, uh, uh, space. So what, yeah. what what got you super interested? This is a, that's a great question. And it's a great opportunity for me, you know, in terms of like, you know, 100 percent transparency, full disclosure. We're, we're, you know, we're in an open source space and I think it's really important to be as open as possible. So my background, uh, you know, in terms of academically and I'm curious, I'm curious your background as well, too is that uh, I got my undergraduate degree uh, in religious studies, um, but that will play a role later on. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, we're talking about beliefs, we're talking about evangelism, we're talking about groups that have you know, leaders and, and certain sort of ways of thinking. And I got into tech though around five years ago. Um, I'm, living in, I'm living in Spain, originally from Northern California. And I got into tech um, working in talent management, event organization, communication. Um, and it turned out that the, the company that I was working in was uh, a British company focused on uh, e-commerce software. So uh, they were I, they got into Kubernetes towards the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Prior to that, with uh, Docker and, and Mesos. Um, and so I, by chance, my desk was next to the the DevOps team. So I was hearing them about uh, you know all the all the cultural changes that were going on first of all getting into the cloud and then additionally adding this other element of kubernetes 
Um, so I was in that for I was in that company for about three years. Then I started working on my own as a freelancer for the last two and a half years. And a friend of mine had started the community last year in July. My buddy Demetrius, who also is involved in, in other tech communities around MLOps. Shout out to Demetrius. And he, uh, for, for a couple different reasons, wasn't going to be able to continue with it. So he was like, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And I was like, whoa, this is kind of a tall order. Um, but luckily, from a lot of really supportive people in the community and, and Demetrius himself that you know transitioned in. And so since then, I've been meeting lots and lots of interesting people. Community's growing. We're doing stuff in other languages. We have meetups now in Spanish and Portuguese. Hopefully, going to get some some folks from uh, on your side as well too to do some meetups in Russian. Looking forward to, to that. The first thing I need to learn in Russian is hi, my name is Bart. I'm a stupid American who doesn't speak Russian. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, rule number one. But yeah, that's kind of how I got in here. And since then, just been super in, enthused by all the different things that are happening. Um, really embracing the open source mentality, uh, meeting folks from the CNCF as well. So just really happy to be here. Okay. Well, and it's interesting that you bring up religion studies and religious studies as your background. Um, you know, a, a lot of what we do in open source has a lot of, I mean, I, I, I know like I, I don't want to offend people, but it has a lot of religious overtones almost. If you look at a lot of religions, they, they tend to be focused on helping people and trying to bring people together and, uh, you, you know, bring together that that community aspect. And, you know, there's this this kind of argument that's that's been going on around the open source where people have been trying to turn it into a business model. And that's something that's that's really interesting and, and it's something that I've kind of thought about quite a bit, because when you look at like open source as a business model, it, it's it's kind of like taking religion as a business model and. You, you know, you end up with those televangelists who I don't know if there's a lot of like love for most of those televangelists, you know, like send us, you know, five hundred dollars and, you know, we'll, you know, pray away your affliction or whatever. Uh, and and I think that from an open source perspective, a lot of people who are very passionate in the community are here to to, to give of their time, to give of their efforts to help make things you know, better in the ecosystem, right? And they want to share. They want to share their knowledge. They want to share their their know-how. They want to learn from other people. The best people that I've ever met are in the open source community, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's where, you know, you, you build these relationships and everybody, you know, you might argue, it's like a big family, right? You might argue with one another once in a while about like, you know, which library is better than another or which, you know, database is, is superior or not superior. I mean, like th there's arguments, but there's a camaraderie that exists and it's it's very much like being part of you know that 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 kind of religious type movement much more so than it is a, a business movement right from a business perspective when you're in a business you're there to make money and when you know it's time to move on you go to another business and make money and mm. a lot of the people who are in the open source space keep that philosophy and try to keep open and try to help, you know, uh, you know, their, their colleagues, the, the community. And that's why a lot of people in the open source space make such great, not only contributors, but team members. I completely, right? I couldn't agree more. And I think, like you said, that that sort of spirit that, you know, that if, when the business comes first, for me, I would even say that you can smell it. Um, and you, you can see it coming from, from a mile away. 
when people are really putting community first, when they're putting problem solving first, when and breaking down barriers as well too, you know, I mean, how many people from different countries are you in touch with every week? And the same thing with me now. And it's really, it's, it's extremely exciting to see that despite all the differences of language, uh, the political differences, all these different things, that when there is this true commitment to like, no, we're going to be transparent. And in the same way that I may be, uh, you know, helping you improve, tomorrow you're going to be doing the same thing for me. Really the philosophy of paying it forward and we can say, you know, it is in giving that we receive. Um, that's been like really extremely motivating for me and something that I unfortunately hadn't had as much experience with before. So I think, you know, that now you can say, you know, no one is more, you know, fanatic than a convert, right? But I would say that I, I really feel like I've been plugged in very quickly. Everyone's been extremely welcoming. Extremely welcoming to the fact as well, too, of the, of, of the you know, that my background isn't so technical. Um, you know, that I, I've studied a, a mixture of philosophy, history, sociology, psychology, and things of that nature. Um, but people see that like, no, you definitely have a part to play here as well. Like, you know, those are some skills that I might, might not necessarily have. So really looking for the balance in these teams. And like you said, a, a philosophical approach where it's like, this is the way we're going to do things. And those are some principles that are non-negotiable. Um, and I find that really, really admirable. Yeah. And if you look at like a lot of, uh, you know, open source contributors, you don't have to be an, you know, coder to contribute. And that, that's what makes it so unique, right? Um, it, 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 it makes it so, you know, open. You, you know, so you can contribute by giving a tutorial, telling someone how you came to the community, how, you know, like doing translation on docs, you know, doing grammar checks. Um, you know, you know we, we used to have, um, I believe it was Julian Cash, uh, who is a photographer. Mm -hmm. who used to come to all the MySQL conferences to take photos, right? Um, you know, and, and so, you know, there, there are different roles for different people to play. And that's what makes it kind of interesting and cool, right? It's, it's people getting together to work for a more common good or a common goal, which generally is, you, you know, how do we solve these problems? How do we solve these real world things? And, you know, yeah, the, these things are the digital space, but it isn't limited to the digital space. You know, I, I, I've talked to the teams that I've led in the past about how impactful what they do is. And here's the thing you don't realize, you know, especially from an open source contributor perspective, is you might fix a bug. That particular bug might have prevented a crash at, you know, a particular company. That particular company might have, you know, um, serviced, you know, uh, insurance providers, which kept the hospitals running, which then all of a sudden, like you start to see this like six degrees away mm. and, and the impact that a small, tiny contribution can make is massive. And I, I, I think that's something that we often overlook, right? Is we often overlook that it doesn't take a big, big thing to, to make a huge impact. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm completely on the same page. And I was just talking to somebody actually, well, two things is that, like you said, being able to jump in about all the different things that you can do in terms of contributing. I started three weeks ago, tomorrow will be my third meeting in the contributor experience SIG um, with CNCF. And once again, extremely welcoming. And the very first day I was like, all right, we need someone to interview someone who's quite important in the, in the oversight committee or the tech oversight committee and has been on the governing board, has done a lot of different things. 
and we're six people in the room and everyone else is like kind of busy put in my head i was like i'll do it and so i just interviewed her today and it's it just like i can't believe how quickly and accelerated this is but it's like if you're willing to do it you can do it and like you said translating documents i've been living in spain for nine years so my spanish is pretty good and i'm really excited about doing meetups in other languages or translating documents um, and then what you were saying about the impact, it was actually someone from Percona, Rick Vasquez, who told me a while ago, he was like, you know what, nowadays, every company is a tech company. It's not like, you know, in 1992, where we had some people out there, you know, banging away and, and that they were kind of unseen. Nowadays, like you said, tech permeates everything. So in every hospital, um, in every school, in every, uh, you know, senior care facility, we can obviously talk about what's going on right now with the pandemic. But in so many other instances, like those impacts, although they might not be, you know, visible, are still tangible in the sense of the value that they're creating, the difference they're making. So I think it's uh, that for me is very, very inspiring. Well, and, and you don't need to look any further than when a major provider has an outage. Right. So if, if Google has an outage, how many businesses grind to a halt? If AWS has an outage, how many businesses grind to a halt? And this isn't just a cloud provider thing. You know, you, you, you've got outages you know, that are caused by, you know, malware and, you know, you, you've got outages that are caused by, you know, just physical circumstances, you know, hey, you know, the power went out and they ran out of juice in the generators. Um, you know, th there's there's so many ways that you can actually see some of that impact. It's really powerful. And uh, it, it's inspiring because even the smallest contribution can, you know, help save quite a bit of time, money, effort, and, and even lives in a lot of cases, Completely. right? Um, and I think that's where, I, th I think we sometimes lose sight of that fact. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. so, so, so religion aside, right? Mm -hmm. So we got into a little bit of a, a, a religious philosophical debate. So um, what are you working on in the, the, the doc community right now? What, what, what are some of the exciting things that are happening and in, in moving forward? So this is this is good. So in terms of um, you know what we're going for here, because it was it was just uh, earlier today, I was also talking to somebody else, and they're like, you know, like what's really the objective here is that it's about knowledge sharing. We're trying to empower people to make these make these things easier and give people more options. Precisely what you're saying about empowering folks that are working with Kubernetes so that it's not so overwhelming, so that they can you know have that conversation with with teammates with their with their boss to make suggestions. And, and, and all overall to provide you know better experiences and better value for, for their customers and in their companies. So things that we're doing um, range from, like I said, expanding out into other languages, because once again, you know, diversity and inclusion in the strictest sense of like, we, of course, our primary language is English. We don't want anyone to feel like they don't have a place in our community just because of that. Um, so making things more accessible in other languages so that we can reach out to as many people as possible, for sure. In terms of organizing meetups, we're going to be having two meetups every week in March, two meetups every week in April, even three a couple of weeks. Um, we are and, and extending out through through May and through June, working on resources to help folks that are you know come from a DBA background to move more into an SRE or a DBRE. Um, as you know, thinking about the skill sets. So in terms of training materials and things that can make that transition smoother, um, and and like I said, there's you know this is it. In, in some ways, the community, we can say, is not not, not in its infancy because it has grown uh, quite a bit in the last few months. But, you know, this is a topic that, you know, to be able to catch on and to be able to find more examples, we can say at enterprise level, there's still some work that, that has to be done to get there. 
But our objective is, is like I said, is to, to take this out, which once again, going back to the religious thing, so we don't want to look like the crazy, haggard, you know, prophets wild in the desert, you know, shouting about something that's coming. Say so like, no, this is actually really happening we, when we're finding more and more use cases, which has been interesting for me because where I live, and this is where we can jump into this wonderful hat that I'm wearing. It's not a beret. <laughs> all right. And this is a traditional hat from the Basque country where, where I live in Spain. It's called a chapela. And at first, when I started with data on Kubernetes, I was like, could I possibly find, you know, a local company that's done this? And sure enough, starting to ask around, I did find, you know, a local company that's, it's an industrial company that makes uh, electric locks for cars. And they had been, they had been using, uh, they had been using OpenEBS for, and using container attached storage for, for a while. And so I was really enthusiastic to see like, you know, I don't just have to go to the Silicon Valley. I don't just have to go to London or, you know, tech capitals to find uh, use cases, but, you know, my own backyard. Um, so that's been that's been really really good. So what we're trying to do is, like I said, is make as much noise as possible, get more folks to come forward and say, hey, this is how we've done it. These are the problems we've encountered, the things that have worked. Um, so that, like I said, so that these conversations get easier, and more commonplace. Yeah, no, I mean that that's great. And when you talk about like the meetups that are coming up, what 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 level are these geared towards? Because there's a lot of people who are just starting that Kubernetes journey. I've still hear a lot of a lot of people are worried. They're scared about is Kubernetes ready for database workloads? You know, can we put major applications on there? What kind of things can they expect to learn if they they, they attend some of these? This is good. Um, you know, because and this is a big thing as well too is like making it clear like who is this for? Obviously, we want uh, you know you, you always want to say you want to have something for everybody, but certainly and something that I personally have trying to been insistent on is like getting a, you know, imagining someone who's literally starting from, from scratch, starting from zero. No one should have to feel embarrassed about what they don't know. Just know that they're in a space where they can have access to, to, to learn from people that do have experience. So one of the things that, um, that we do as well too, in every meetup because of that, because generally our, we could say our target, you know, SREs, DevOps, um, DBAs, you know, developers as well. Um, people that are interested in, in infrastructure, uh, chaos engineering, because um, you know we were talking about outages earlier. That's an interesting topic too. Um, people also that are more from a security background. So because they're, you know, if Kubernetes is a big topic, and then we say data on top of it, wow, it just got enormous, you know. So we trying to hit as many different angles as possible. What different kinds of meetups? We've had meetups about networking. We've had multiple meetups about storage, about data gravity, about data resilience about uh, data streaming using Kafka, um, about uh, on, on two, uh, th this week we had one about policy um, and, you know, about day two Kubernetes, about, you know, that Kubernetes out of the box comes with certain things. But, and another thing as well, too, this is really good, is that one thing is the, the technical aspect, but something we always try to include there is what kind of a culture do you need in your company? What kind of a mindset do you need to be having? And, and what a lot of people will say that are really top pros is that, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to expect some trial and error. Don't worry. This is a process. Don't give up after you know the first try. Um, and you're going to have to find a solution that works with your company based on your technological stack. I saw this in the company that I was working at because you know running to the cloud doesn't just mean you know signing off a bunch of checks uh, for Azure or AWS or you know Google Cloud Provider, um, Google Cloud Platform. Sorry. Um, you have to, you really got to be thinking about what are the necessary steps, culturally speaking, to have cost control. Like, as I mentioned earlier about policy, about security, you know, cause they say it takes 10 minutes before containers start getting attacked. Um, all those different things that have to come into it. So that's why in a lot of ways, what we're going for right now 
is to get as many different angles as possible so that we get all those topics out in the open and then from there can kind of narrow things down and standardize things a little bit more. Okay. So people can expect to learn quite a bit, um, you know, through these different sessions and you'll have different sessions about different topics, but you know, the commonality that, that goes through all of them is your rap career and your ability to provide lyrics and drop a beat on those topics. This is also true, and I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, two things that we've had since the very beginning, with everything that I've done with um, with previous events and things like that, is that I work with a guy named Angel, who's an amazing artist and does uh, visual thinking. So during every meetup, and the thing is, in his English isn't very good. He speaks Spanish and Basque very well, but his English is not so good. Um, and so while we're doing the meetups, I'll be we we kind of agree on some things previously. But he's drawing like you know live and direct exactly what's going on and what the speaker's mentioning. So we finish every meetup then with a nice visual representation of the topics that have been covered, which also then that makes it more accessible for some people that like you know some people are more visual learners and some people that you know are better at listening and things like that. So we want to you know give as many different opportunities for people to learn. And then the thing about the rap thing is that. <clears throat> I've always I played music since I was a since I was a kid. I started with piano, then I moved to drums when I was twelve. Then I started playing guitar when I was eighteen, then bass, and I'd always wanted to make hip hop beats since I, since I was a since I was a teenager, I would say. So about six years ago, uh, without my wife knowing, I bought an an NPC to start making beats. Normally, I have it right next to my computer. And and anyway, so then since then, I've been making hip hop beats. And once I started getting in the community, I was like, "There's gonna have to be a time to do this." And so at first I was doing it more just like spoken word without beats, but then some people were like, you know what, it'd be a lot better if you did it with beats. And I'm glad that I, I took that comment to heart. Um, so since then, after every meetup, um, we, uh, with, uh, with original music and obviously with original lyrics that we kind of tailor to what the speaker's been talking about, we do it as a way of saying thanks. And also, I guess in my own way, trying to you know, synthesize some of these concepts. Um, I don't know how much people might actually get out of it, but if some person learns something or gets more enthusiastic about this or feels that our community is different because of it, then mission accomplished. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, so in other words, uh, I might get a theme song. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, the thing is, I was actually thinking about before I got on here, it's like, you know what? We've got, uh, it's been sampled many times, but James Brown's song, uh, Paid the Cost to Be the Boss ties in pretty well with the hoss so i'm thinking oh yeah i'm yeah. thinking so I'm thinking, yeah that might have to come in there yeah yeah i mean you know there's so many different angles um you know oof. anyways I'll, we'll I'll, I'll just i'll just let you noodle on that okay because <laughs> duly noted uh, it's it's the theme song side of things so if people want to get involved in the dot community how do they get involved Really easy. We're on Slack. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. People can contact me directly. Um, and seriously, I insist is that it doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, a battle tested practitioner that's got, you know, 10 years under your belt working with databases and all kinds of crazy stuff. Or if you're someone who's just curious in the same way, once again, is that everyone has a place. Everyone has a place. Because the most beginner question, there's probably somebody else out there who has the same question. Maybe they're a little bit shy or they're, or they're from another country. You know, English isn't their first language. And they're going to be grateful that somebody else got that question out there. And the, and the person who's going to answer the question is also going to feel good because they're giving back. So like I said, there is, there's no, no such thing as a stupid question, only stupid silences. Um, so like I said, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty easy to find in, in those principal areas. Um, and, and like I said, we're, we're very, very excited about growing. We're very open to possibilities. 
We're working with artists as well too. Once again, not just the one that we have that's doing graphic recording, but other folks out there that I'm finding on, on Twitter that you know maybe haven't had a space to show off their art. Maybe they're you know just an amateur artist who, who's, who does this in their spare time. But it's like we can find ways to mix this in um, because I think the more that when you when you visualize things, you create another reality rather than just the one that you might be you know looking at in terms of code or things like that in a more traditional way. Um, and and what's something that I've learned the more that I've been around you know having friends that are programmers that are also musicians that are also artists and they insist on the amount of creativity that's also involved in all this. Um, so I think it's it's a it's a really fun way to to mix these things. Food will I guess be the next challenge. Um, but talking about you know theme songs and stuff like that, I wanted to ask you, can you tell us? How old that hat is, where you got it, and what it means to you? This hat is actually not that old. It was designed to look old. Ah! Well, they yes. did a good job. Yeah, yeah. So the hat thing actually has a story. Okay, like, so the hat thing started years ago. Okay, and um, I got my hat box, and I will pull my hat box out. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, so this is my hat box, and, and you can see... In the hat box are several hats. Now, why these hats are interesting is several years ago, and I'm going to find the right hat because it's important. Uh, we were in California at a conference, Percona Live, mm. and um, we did a uh, event. So the event was. I took everyone to Fry's Electronics. I don't know oh, if you remember Fry's. Oh yes, from your, unfortunately, your we got out. No, but recently saw on Twitter, rest in peace, Fry's. Yes, yes, they just they just closed down. So, yeah. so uh, I took my team. So it was the professional services team at Percona, over to Fry's, gave them all a thousand dollars, and said, "Build the fastest server you can build." And the winners got this hat. Ah. Okay, and so. This particular hat um, then became a calling card. So I actually have a poster. It's on the other side of the desk. I won't grab it. Uh, but it 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 was the you know the, the next year after wearing this hat, everybody was like, oh my god, that's awesome! You know, you need to wear the hat. It became the cult of the propeller head. So come join the cult of the propeller head, and people would stop and get selfies with me and things. And then uh, the year after that, uh, we had Steve Wozniak as a speaker, and I was wearing this and he gave me uh, a whole thing on like how I should automate this and put solar panels on it and everything else. And then the year after Bill Nye was there and Bill Nye actually oh, signed the hat. Oh, uh, that's and, legendary. And, yeah. And yeah. so I, I'm like, ah, I wear the hat for several years in a row. I didn't wear the hat the next year. And everyone was like, where's your hat? Where's your hat? Where's your hat? The next year, where's your hat? Where's your hat? And like, like uh, you know, I'm going to, I don't need, always need to wear a hat. So then someone bought another hat so I could wear it. And then everyone, oh, the hat. And so they would follow me around to do this. So I started to expand from wearing just this hat because I thought this was a little too focused. So I got all these other hats. I got like a hat for every occasion. Um, you know, so, you know, if I'm gonna talk Postgres, I've got the, of course, the the elephant hat. Oh. Um, you, you know, because, you know, the Postgres elephant. Um, so I do have that. And if I'm going to talk uh, MySQL, I've actually got two MySQL hats. Unfortunately, one size does not fit all. So, so this dolphin actually doesn't fit very well on my large head. Yeah, but it's, it's extremely charming. So what it lacks yes, in, in yeah. fitting, so, I mean, so yeah. I, 
Yeah, I got another dolphin hat that's a lot better in here. Um, so, so this one tends to be my go-to for the dolphins. Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. And so this one fits a little better. I also have a Maria DB hat. Um, I have a, a, a chicken hat. I got a moose hat. I, I've got, I've got a hat for every occasion, right? Um, but, uh, I, I, but this, but this, one, but this one that you're wearing, I'm really sorry, but like, is that, what logo is that? So this is the, the legendary Cleveland Browns football team. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So, Sorry, uh, West, West Coast ignorance and... It's uh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's the older logo. This is the yeah. roster for the Browns. Oh. Uh, Suri just was going to tell me the <laughs> roster for the Browns. Uh, I don't really need to know that, Suri. Um, you know, the recording you know, will capture all. But uh, so, yeah, so, so I, I like the Cleveland Browns. I actually moved to Cleveland the year that the Browns um, moved out of town. And so they ah. moved to uh, Baltimore. And then they came back two years later and I was in Cleveland. Uh, okay. So I was there like in the new inception of the Cleveland Browns. Mm -hmm. And then they lost consistently for, you know, uh, 20 years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> made one playoff at like, you know, 30 and like, you know, that and the rest is history. Uh, but I have always worn Browns garb. So um, and so it's just it's just a thing. No, it's good. Uh, it's a good it's a good hat and it's and it, and it suits you. So, yeah. And, yeah, and I definitely yeah. I definitely thought that it would have been like, oh, I got this hat, you know, like 25, 30 years ago. But no, no. No, it's, it's not that old. I, yeah. I think it's a, it's, I think it's a few years. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was, it was one of these things that I saw it on clearance, and I was like, oh wow, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I do have the official Haas hat here too, which I can switch over to. Oh, that's good. Which, um, you know, some people prefer the Haas hat. And the thing is, I, I, I learned from a, a cowboy friend once in, in high school about the, the, the quality of those hats. It's measured in, in beavers. There's like a five beaver, three beaver, something. Like that. Anyway. <laughs> I have never heard that. that. Yeah, I've heard that. But no, okay. Yeah, 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 I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Um, yeah, no, but yeah. I, anyway, but it's the the point is, it's a it's a nice hat. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. there there you go. There's the story of the hats. Now you know. It is forever burned in the memory of everyone who watches this YouTube video. Yeah, like I said, no, no. Yeah, it's like a three X beaver or something like that. Anyway, we'll have to off to look that up on the phone. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, the yeah. point is, you know, as I said, it's it's too easy to say you are truly a man of many hats. Do you know how many hats you have? Oh, <laughs> probably like several hundred. Wow. Like my 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 closet is is like like stacked. I only keep the like the ones that I need to quick change. Like, you know, like if I'm going to be talking with someone and it's like, we're going to talk Postgres. Ah, you know, I could I could put the Postgres yeah. hat on and uh, I can get a, a chuckle. People will. But that's, a, but know, that's the thing, so. though, as well, is that once again, is that I think that that's the thing is that if you're if you bring that that element of, of humor and it calms people down and makes people more comfortable. I think it just it's just, it's like I said, in the same way as like for me with the, the raps or music or things like that. It's like if me going out there and 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 putting myself out there makes other people realize, then I'm happy to do it. If that's what it takes, oh please, I can do it all day. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like you have to be welcoming. You have to be able to make fun of yourself. Um, oh. you, you have to be able to, you know, really um, not be ashamed of you know the things that you like or you know the things that uh, you know you're passionate about and. Um, as you go and you talk with folks and, you know, if you can get them to do a chuckle, if you can get them to like want to take a selfie with you. I mean, and I've got I've got hundreds, if not thousands of, you know, selfies with people, you know, wearing, you know, 
funny hats or, yeah. you know, doing funny things with, with that. So um, it, it, it creates that personal connection, which is always good. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Another thing as well, too, that I like trying to mix in the meetups is finding out what people like to do in their free time or what their hobbies are, things like that, and then how we can relate that to tech. Like when we had Alkin on, um, you know, who's a master sailor, then, you know, spending like half his life at sea. It's like, so how can we connect these things to, you know, to Vitesse? And so getting him to mix those two things together, for me, it just, it, it just like, you know, it's a big one up on the learning experience because you you put a filter on it with, with something else that the person's passionate about and they're an expert on. And they're like, now I really get what you're talking about. So I find, I find that to be very, uh, I don't know, very, very exciting. Yeah, no. And I mean, it, yeah, it's about making the connections, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's really what the community is all about is, you know, being connected with one another, understanding that while we're all different, you know, we do have a lot of commonalities and, you know, making sure that uh, we understand one another. Mm -hmm. So, so Bart, I'll give you the final word or the final question or the final whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's kind of a lot of responsibility. Uh, just really, I know, right? Yeah. It's, I'm glad it's not on my shoulders. So, <laughs> um, I don't, man, that's, that's a, that's a, I, I, I can pick, I can probably think of three or four. I guess the final thing is I got to get back here. Um, this is a really good space to be in. Uh, just insist that I'm I'm open to, to talk to anybody if they have anything that they would like to contribute feedback as well. Seriously, some of the, one of the best things that people can do is tell you what not to do or say, hey, have you thought about trying this? Um, like I said, our community can always learn. It's I insist on the openness. The worst thing that can happen is say, that's a great idea. Maybe right now, now is the time or let me find a way that we could adapt that. So I just really want people to be, to, I want to insist on the openness, on being approachable and that I, I hope to I hope to have as many conversations with as many people from as many different places um, to, to help us keep growing and, and, and enrich our community. Great. Great to hear. Um, and uh, we'll leave the details for for the dot community, Bart, uh, on, on, a, on a, you know, right after this, uh, you know, recording ends. Uh, so if you want to reach out to Bart uh, or anybody in the community, you'll have details on how to do that. And Great. Bart, thank you for hanging out today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. And look forward to connecting again. I tip my hat to you, sir. Ah, ah good one. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.